darkness. He dropped the stone and heard it go skittering away down the sides of the aperture to ultimate blackness, but he never heard it strike bottom. He cut chestnut poles and built a fence around the hole four feet high. At first there was no sound at all out of the shaft, but in a few days he began to hear a murmur from deep in the earth. He had to strain to hear it, but there was an indefinable far-off sound. Some folks likened it to a swarm of bees. Others reckoned it was just subterranean waters. Hovington called it voices. They bespoke him with languorous foreboding, and if he listened long enough, he could separate the sound into different voices, point and counterpoint, query and reply. He wondered what such curious folk as these might have to talk about, what language they expressed themselves in. Nathan Weiner was a native of the county, and by trade he was a carpenter who farmed a little on the side. He had a wife and a seven-year-old son who was named Nathan as well, and was already much like him. "'Go through life minding your own business and everybody else will mind theirs,' he used to tell the boy. But in spite of minding his own business, he was forced in the spring of 1932 to go down to Hovington's looking for Dallas Harden, a man who had simply moved in on Hovington, taken over his bootlegging business, and folks said his wife Pearl as well. In the past year, Hovington's health had so deteriorated that he stayed abed. His spine was bent like some metal God Almighty had heated to pliable temperature and laid hands on and bent to his liking. He couldn't even turn over by himself. Already the disease that would kill him incubated within him, He lay curled by the window, where by day he could see across the yard to whatever traffic accomplished itself on the road. By night, his own lamp-lit reflection, the room its weary backdrop. The house had four rooms. The long front room, where Hovington slept, lived actually, and where Hovington's black-haired daughter slept on a fold-up army cot that doubled as a couch in the daytime, a kitchen, a bedroom where Harden and Hovington's wife Pearl slept, a room that was used to store oddments of junk and as a repository for the cases of beer and wine Harden had taken to stocking. Harden came through the kitchen door carrying a coal oil lamp just as a rap sounded on the door. He set the lamp on the sewing machine cabinet and opened the door a crack. Wind from the rainy night guttered the flame. It dished and wavered in the globe, steadied. I need to talk to you, Harden, Weiner said. Lamplight glinted on two gold-capped teeth. Then come on in out of the rain. I want to talk to you out here. Harden took down his hat from a nail beside the door and stepped into the muddy yard and closed the door behind him. He stood coatless in the rain. What was it you wanted that had to be said in the rain? he asked. I wanted to tell you something. Weiner said. He stood with his feet apart, hands shoved deep in his coat pockets, his head cocked back a little, his face flinty and arrogant beneath the ruined hat. I found your whiskey still on my land, and this is what I come to say. Now, I don't care if you make whiskey till your ass deep in it, but don't make it on my land. If the law found that still, they'd come down on me, not you. That's about the way I figured it, too, Harden said. Did you bust it up? You're damn right I did. I broke that whiskey, too. Now, you oughtn't done that. 
My goddamn you. If the son of a bitch hadn't been so heavy, I'd have dumped it in your front yard. I don't know who you are or where you come from, or what kind of deal you run on Huffington here, but I'll tell you one thing. Don't mess with me. If piece one of that thing goes up on my ground again, me and you going around and around. Harden's face looked as if the skin had suddenly been drawn taut. I never took an order in my life from a tenant farming redneck, and I'm too old to start now. Weiner grasped him by the front of the shirt and jerked and slapped him hard, open-handed, then slung him backward into the mud. Harden looked like a drunken bird falling, legs askew as if they were too fragile to maintain his weight. He lit, sitting, and fumbling out a pistol. Weiner saw what he was about and advanced rapidly on him, his knife out and his left hand on the blade, opening it when Harden shot him in the